guys, this is Zainab, and you're listening to No Nazar, the show where we spill the chai on what it's really like to be desi. This is the No Nazar show, where we'll talk about how you're fly, and if you really feel alone, just tune in and sip some chai. my very first comedy show. My cousin Sahel took me to an open mic in East London when I was about 22 or 23. Comic after comic came up, all pandering to the audience in their own way. A particularly memorable moment is when a very drunk man came on stage and began hitting on a very married woman in the audience. Needless to say, it didn't end well. But the highlight of the night was Sahel's friend's set. Shurj was a short Pakistani man who had the entire room on the floor laughing. He was so funny, he was so good, he was so relatable. Obviously, quite a bit of time has passed since then, but it was my first introduction to Asian humour outside of tired Apu from the Simpson jokes or the affectionate, albeit borderline offensive, stylings of goodness gracious me. Asian voices in comedy and in acting has really exploded in the past year. Riz Ahmed has come up trumps with an Emmy Award. Aziz Ansari, who I've mentioned on the show quite a few times now, has won the adoration and respect of the world. You've got Kumail Nanjiani, Hari Kandabalu, Mindy Kaling, and more whose names are currently escaping me. Today, I went to Page One Cafe in Toronto to talk to Harpreet Sembi, who's walking in those same footsteps footsteps which I'm sure she'll be surpassing in no time. Hey guys, I'm sitting here with Harpreet Sambi, who is an actress, comedian, writer and an improviser who's just released her very first web series called Independent. How are you Harpreet? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Um, I saw you perform at Yas Queen, mm-hmm. and your set was hilarious. Thank you. It was so good, and I'm so glad. I know it took me forever to kind of. No. <laughs> you. But I'm glad that we're finally sitting here. Yeah, me too. So let's start with your web series, uh, Independent. I watched um, all of the episodes. Thank I you, loved. by the way. Thank You're you. You're welcome. It was uh, no chore, trust me. It was very, very entertaining. Oh, good. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so, what kind of inspired the web series? my own life experiences I, I, I remember because I, I started acting I was telling you early I started acting when I was 12 and um, I really did not have a great time with auditioning especially when I first started acting or let alone booking anything so I started uh, I got the best piece of advice from a couple of people which was create your own content and so when I actually decided okay I'm gonna write something I was like, what do I write about? And the only thing I really knew what to write about was, you know, I knew, I knew comedy, um, and uh, or at least the comedy I enjoy, and I had my own experiences with life and stuff, so in my own interpretation. So I was like, okay, let's see what happens when I put this on paper and get people to watch it. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the series is that um, it didn't focus on uh, a love aspect, which is 
what I've often seen when brown girls kind of go into, uh, or not even brown girls, I think when women go into sort of web series or comedy or something, there's always something centered around love life. And for you, the opening premise of the show, without giving anything away, is um, your search for a job. And that's kind of the central theme. And I find that that's refreshing and so much more relatable. I think especially as, I guess, a young millennial, finding work is very, very difficult. Um, so, in what ways does uh, independent, like, is independent kind of a biopic on your own experiences directly, or is it more inspired? And uh, how did you kind of come to write that script all together? Independent is loosely based on my life. I mean, there's things that I wrote in there that I, you know, I was just for kind of dramatic purposes uh, or comedic purposes, I should say, uh, or both. And, um, but yeah, it was a lot of it has to do with my own experience. Um, and yeah, you know, and the thing is, I really, I, I mean, the series itself, like all the episodes is uh, just uh, about approximately um, 30 minutes long. And all those experiences I've had that I incorporated in the series were just over like eight years. <laughs> so it was like eight, nine, ten years maybe. So took me a while to figure these things out so that's why and, and the thing is yeah I didn't want it to be something about love and I mean love is great but um, it's unfortunately something I have not uh, experienced yet and uh, I but I want to write about a different form of love you know something for example like family wise or or career wise or passion um, so that was really my intent just kind of it's just the idea that behind the series is just um, somebody trying to figure out who they are where they are and them going through different things whether that be something very very serious or something very ridiculous you know just to figure out what they want Sorry. Uh, so no. what are your main comedic influences i just interrupted you mid no. mid sip of coffee no, no. <laughs> I, it's getting cold anyway screw the coffee i am a big fan of uh people like louis ck he's a huge influence on me in terms of my stand-up especially and also there's I'm you know a big follower of um, Hari Kondabulu he's an American he's another American yeah he's so funny and he's just so smart you know and uh, even uh, Aparna Nanchurla her as well and like other people I, like I just can't um, like there's so many people that I, I love listening to Cameron Esposito I love her too um, yeah, I have a lot of influences like that. And I mean, like, just growing up, like, watching TV and stuff like that. Like, I, I love um, I, I love Tina Fey, too. I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So I, um, I'm i a huge fan of 30 Rock. And uh, so I love the humor uh, and the way it's written and everything. And, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw my laptop, but I have stickers, 30 Rock stickers on my laptop. <laughs> like, that big of a fan. Like, I dedicated that. Like, that's, that's you know, not coming off anytime soon. Yeah, so, like, those kind of people and I, just, like, the type of humor that they have, I really, I can relate to it. So, right now, it seems like uh, brown guys are having a moment in mainstream comedy. Uh, Aziz Ansari's Master of None, Harry Kondo, uh, not Harry Kondo, that's who you were uh, <laughs> yeah. mentioning. Um, it's Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, yeah. Another Another great guy. Another yeah. great guy yeah. who's released uh, the movie uh, The Big Sick, which I I regrettably have yet to see. I think it's out of theaters, but I'm sure I'll catch it on Netflix at some yeah. point. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to come on Netflix. But, um, you know, it, it feels like, to me at least, um, brown men are kind of being more embraced by Hollywood and uh, the mainstream kind of television series and stuff and networks. And really the only kind of mainstream Indian woman I'm seeing is Mindy Kaling, who, 
I mean, her experience isn't very Indian that she depicts, right? It's just she's an Indian woman who happens to have experiences that are interchangeable with pretty much anyone. So do you feel like brown women uh, need to have a moment or have they had it? And how do you, like, and kind of what's your opinion regarding uh, Hollywood kind of taking so much towards brown men and not towards necessarily women and our representation, I guess? Uh, oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, it's a great <laughs> qu- question. Uh, so, um, I mean, it's great that we're getting representation now uh, through the channels of Aziz Ansari and Kumail Nanjani and, um, and such. Uh, I feel like with females, and I, I just, um, I don't know, I mean, like, it's just that struggle with women that they have, right? Where it's like, it's like the pay cut, like, they're not getting paid for the same kind of work that their male counterparts are doing. And it's, it's the same thing, I feel like. It, so even... I don't know. I feel like there's like levels with this, and what I mean by levels is like in America, like you see a white man and a a white woman, and they're not getting paid the same amount for doing the same type of work, and it's almost kind of like, you know, now they're slowly recognizing these these brown men, and it's like, okay, so I guess maybe like in another decade, brown women will continue. You know, like I mean, Mindy's there. Like, who else is gonna come, right? Or how many more women are gonna filter through, right? Um, So, uh, I mean. It's really unfortunate that sometimes uh, it seems like we really have to not even do double the work, but maybe even five times the work just to be recognized. And it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, but I think that what we take um, refuge in is being within um, our own communities. So, for example, in the Toronto, um, I'm in the Toronto improv community as well as the acting community and also the stand-up community. And... Um, even working within those communities, there are so many wonderful people, and you get to, you meet wonderful people of different ethnicities, and you work with them, and they recognize you, you recognize them, and you grow together. And sometimes you create great content together, and you grow, right? Um, so, you know, maybe Hollywood's not knocking on my door or somebody else's door, but uh, another, I should say, another brown woman's door yet. But at least sometimes, you know, you feel like, okay, you know, somebody believes in me, like my other you know improvisers that I improvise with they believe in me or my the comedians I see all the time and do shows with they believe in me you know because they book me on their shows or whatever one of the things that I feel like because you're talking about sort of representation is sometimes um, like uh, people of color who are in that creative field often feel that pressure of representation you know Um, they feel like they're almost the mouthpiece or that pressure is put onto them to represent every voice, every experience that isn't often represented. Did you feel that pressure when you were creating Independent? So you mean the the pressure to show... um the inter- like a just the perspective of spe- somebody specifically who's like a Sikh woman or something. Yeah, and plus like for example, um, uh, Aziz Ansari in Master of None was kind of criticized, I think unfairly so, for um, kind of loading in as many issues as possible because he was kind of in this position of being able to be that mouthpiece for people who don't have that voice in television yet. So he included stories about a deaf couple, about um, blackness about uh, LGBTQ issues and stuff like that and to me it didn't feel rushed I I appreciated it but at the same time I do feel like uh, we as a community as in basically non-white people um, often put an unfair pressure on creators yeah 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 
Um, no, I didn't because the thing, because the wonderful uh, thing about being in my position is that everybody doesn't expect or didn't expect things from me specifically. Like maybe I said I was an actor, but nobody's like. I mean, usually when I tell people I'm an actor, they always ask like, you know, oh, like where did have I what have I seen you in? Which I really hate, and everybody else does too, because <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, like, let us get there, hopefully, you know. Um, but um, so I mean, nobody other than that, there's never really been any pressure to be like, you need to say this, and you have to bring shed shed this to light, or uh, sorry, bring this into the light, you know. Um, and the thing is. I mean, even with Aziz Ansari, he's going to talk about things that he's experienced, right? And I completely understand that. Like, he's not going to, like, dive straight into, like, deep um, Islamic issues, especially when it comes to, like, uh, in America. Like, he, he did, but he maybe, like, he didn't experience it in, like, the extreme way that maybe other certain Islamic people in America did or have, right? Um, anyways, my, my point is that it's just that... Um, I'm gonna. I can only give you the perspective I have, right? I can only give you the experiences I have, because like like I said before, like if I, if you're saying, you know, you're saying that um, you don't, you didn't talk about love, right? And it's like, yeah, I didn't, and it's not necessarily because I, I was saying, oh, I don't want this to be a typical series that shows a woman falling in love with a man or whatever it may be, but it was just a fact that I don't, I have a certain idea of what I want to talk about because of the experiences I've had, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I wish I could uh, give more, and I maybe I will, I maybe in the future. I mean, I, this, this is just a first season. It may be the last, it may be more after. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, like, it you really... You on such a good cliffhanger. I know, I know. <laughs> I know I did that purposely. I mean, I so I was kind of like, you know, I, I would like to do a second season, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm getting a lot of ideas of, uh, in terms of writing and stuff, and I've sort of started writing. Um, I haven't actually decided yet, just because I really want to see how the first season turns out. And uh, kind of just take it from there one step at a time. Yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't, I don't want to be like how I am on Twitter with my favorite shows, t messaging writers, hurry up, I need the next season. <laughs> but um, I'll give you time. I appreciate you don't <laughs> have a whole... It's just me writing anyways. <laughs> so before we started recording, uh, you were telling me a little bit about how you started in comedy, and uh, or not in comedy, sorry, in acting, and you started when you were 12. You knew at 12 years old that you wanted to be an actress, so... I think one question, and it's a question I feel that we're often kind of asked or have to face with, is how did your um, community and how did your family feel? Because you're a Sikh Indian background, so often, I know I've grown up with the whole idea of doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. Um, so was your family kind of that sort of a mindset? Were they accepting? What was your experience kind of telling your parents? <laughs> so I'm the, the third and last of, of uh, three siblings. Uh, and uh, my my brother and my sister they were both uh, very good in school uh, they were overachievers and I mean they're because they're smart they're smart people right and they did very well in school got great grades and I think <laughs> my parents uh, they put like like all like all the pressure like they're like we're gonna put all our balls in these two sacks of people and you you know you just get by you know because for me I was like I'd get like maybe B's and C's in school, right? And again, I, like I mentioned to you, it's not because I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't want to try in school, or I didn't, I didn't like like it. I did try, but you know, it's just sometimes, you know, you're just not there, right? But um, 
Yeah, and then I so I think they were just when I told them that I wanted to be an actor, even when I told them I want to be I'm a I'm, I'm a comedian, they were just like, oh okay, you, you do that, you know, you you do that. Um, they never really. <laughs> I don't think they ever took me seriously. Uh, I don't even know if they still take me seriously. <laughs> like, like I think they're just like, oh, she's just she's just at home because she's looking for a job, but she's doing this acting comedy thing on the side like I don't know what they're really thinking because that's kind of like the way I because like they're I have to say like my parents are I'm pretty blessed to have some like as as religious as they are they're pretty liberal too and they don't put any pressure on me to like get married or like uh you know like go find a regular nine-to-five job I mean they want me to because they want me to be financially secure they want me to you know be able to grow but uh faster like other people in terms of you know maturing um, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, they've been, they've been pretty good supporting me <laughs> with a home and food and, uh, you know, and they're, they're not like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that they think it's kind of like, they're like, oh, she's, she's figuring things out still, you know? I think that's fair enough. Although you did mention, um, some bitchy aunties, or, or am I allowed to mention the bitchy yeah, aunties? Yeah, please, <laughs> let's talk about them, yeah. That's sort of their reaction to you and kind of growing up and, um, what was uh, their reaction or have they passed any, you know, comments? I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes for a podcast, <laughs> but I'm doing them for, uh, for, uh, any comments for your, um, sort of, uh, your career? Uh... I, I'm not gonna lie. I I, um, I was talking to a couple of my uh, like a few weeks ago. I saw my cousins, and I was like, it was like a religious event, and they're all wearing a salar kameed, right? And I was wearing torn jeans and a shirt because I I didn't plan to stay. I was dropping my parents off, and then they're like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> and I was like, I just didn't think I was gonna stay, right? And and I I was like, oh, and then I kind of got into this thing where I'm like, you know, I just I feel like I have to avoid those groups because I they kind of left a weird scar on me where it's like they some people specifically judge me so hard they judge me just more and so as in like oh you're really like you're so tall and like dark and fat and shit right so it was more of like that like appearance based as well as like I have a deeper voice I don't have like a very like you know like high-pitched voice right <laughs> uh but so I I mean um in terms of now I don't they're all just very polite to my face I think because I think now nobody says anything because I think I don't know maybe they're just tired and they're older like you know you just old people get tired and they're like I just can't you know they realize their lives didn't pan out the way they planned to either most like that's what I've had in my experience I think it's that plus um they're just like I'm tired and I'm, I have my own shit now deal with it. which is like good yeah deal with your shit Stop, like, interfering in my own stuff, my life, right? Um, and passing judgment on me. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I think, but, like, the ones that I've told and that know, um, I think they're just kind of, like, they always, like, kind of give you that blank stare and they just smile, like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, yes, that. Okay, I'm going to turn around now and talk to this person. Like, that's, I feel like that's what they do. So I don't think they really even understand... <laughs> Like, I don't even know what my parents tell them when I go and do shows and stuff like that. Like, I think they're just like, oh, she went out with her friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's what they do. I they don't know. They should come to your shows. Um, I had an amazing experience at Yas Queen. It was hilarious. It was great. And, you know, I think that uh, there is... It, it's sad because I think uh, India and Pakistan, um, 
basically the subcontinent does have this history and this appreciation of the arts, whether it's comedy, music, um, uh, traditional fine arts and stuff. But when we all kind of immigrated and we all left, it was like that was seen as um, unnecessary. But even like my parents, they still have this abiding love for um, comedy and poetry that comes from back home. Yeah. Um, and it's odd to me that, you know, we've lost that here. Over here, it's all about practicality, you know, uh, who makes this much money? What high status position does this person inhabit? And uh, that there is that loss of appreciation for the arts. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of young brown kids don't go into um, comedy. Or I'm seeing there's definitely an increase, but there is still that fear that you know the community is not going to accept us. I mean, I I had that too. I mean, I, not in terms of the community wasn't going to accept me. I, I, that wasn't my fear, but it was just more you know when I I went to university thinking oh, this acting stuff is going to be my plan B, you know, and I'm going to get make so much money doing international development, which is not the case at all. Um, and, uh, but I slowly realized, okay, that industry is not even for me. But, um, yeah, like, sorry, I, I, so, <laughs> like a brain fart there for a second. Um, yeah, like, I didn't, I, because I, I grew up with other, you know, Asian people, whether they're from India, Pakistan, Gujarat, or... Um, Hong Kong or whatever, right? And a lot of them were very, all of them were smart people, and they all did the same thing as I did. They went to university for four years, or and then or they did, you know, their masters, and then they went and they got these great jobs, and then now they have mortgages and they have houses, and now they're getting married and have families and stuff. And I mean, maybe I didn't want. I'm not necessarily looking for the family aspect of it, but I was looking for the security aspect of it. My family, when growing up, we were uh, not very uh, well financially secure. So that kind of also left a little bit of a, a scar on me, you know? So now I've kind of, I wanted to grow up and have money and be financially secure so I can at least support my family in some way if they need to be supported, right? Um, and so that was like kind of like what I was always dealing with. So not so much like community pressure, but fam not and not even family pressure, but like my own pressure to try to like save something. I don't know, right? Save my family or whatever. Um, and you know, thinking that like okay, you know, I I just thought like you know you can't make money from doing comedy and acting and stuff like that. I also had that notion, the idea, right? And um, and then. I had jobs that I did, you know, like regular full-time jobs, and you know, sometimes the universe is like, no, this is not for you, and then you, things happen, and you lose those jobs, and then, uh, and then sometimes you just kind of have to make decision, be like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna try to see where this goes and just stick to it. And I mean, like, I know this is what I want to do. This is absolutely what I want to do, like acting and comedy and stuff like that. But. Uh, you know, it, sometimes you just need those little push, a little push from different areas of your life, you know, to get to where you need to go. That was a very good response. Okay. I'd say. Yeah, and that was that was a heavy response. But it was a good response. Yeah. I'm gonna make things a little bit lighter. There's a little game coming up as well. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Before I start that, um, uh, one of the topics that we kind of explore in the show is uh, the different kind of desi identities around the world, because this is a show that sort of focuses on the diaspora. Um, we've talked about what it means to be British Asian, we're going to talk about what it means to be American, uh, Pakistani or American Indian. So what does it mean to you to be Canadian Indian? What it means to me to be a Canadian Indian? Ooh. To grow 
up in Brampton, I'm assuming. No, I actually, I, I, no, I grew up in, uh, I live in Brampton right now because I'm poor and my parents live there and I live with them. Uh, but no, I actually, I don't identify, I identify as a, somebody who grew up, who was born, I was born in Scarborough. I identify with be, uh, being raised in Markham. Uh, so I was born uh, in Scarborough, lived there till I was 11 and then moved to Markham. So um, that was kind of more of my experience. Uh, and th- there were more, I mean, there were like there were brown people there too, but like it wasn't like, you know, in Brampton, there's like a lot of Punjabi people, yeah, right? Yeah. But like in, in Markham, there's like a lot more Tamil people, a lot of different type of Asians, like, you know, from Korea or, you know, Hong Kong or whatever. Um, there's no one set kind of community in Markham, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe now there might be a bigger Islamic community and a bigger Tamil community. Um, but I'm not too sure because I'm not there as often, unfortunately. Um, but my what it means to me, to me personally, I just bad. Whoops. Um, to be an Indian Canadian, um, I don't know. I mean, like personally, like when I grew up, like, like I, I like that I had of. Uh, I do identify as a Canadian, um, and I speak English predominantly, uh, but. I do like to sometimes go back to my, I guess my parents' roots more so, because I mean they're they're sick Punjabi, right? And uh, I mean I, I do like certain aspects of the Punjabi culture, and you know like I when I grew up I, oh, when I was growing up, I go to all these family parties all the time, and you know we'd like dance like crazy to you know to Bangla, right? And like for hours and stuff, and um, and I so I, you know sometimes I think back to that and I'm like oh I really miss those times because. I did feel like I identified as like a an Indian person, as a, as a, a Sikh, uh, Punjabi Canadian girl, you know. Um, and then obviously, like you know, outside of that, I would be a regular, so this is brown Canadian girl, right? Um, so I, I like that with Canada, you know. I feel like there's that there's a big um, uh, there's a, a big hold on keeping that Indo, those in, uh, Indian traditions. Um, I, I like that it's not so tight as in like you, you have to have those traditions. Um, obviously every family differs, but I like that I'm able to dip my toe back in when I need to. Like, cause you know, it's a part, I mean like I can't run away from it as much as I, if I really wanted to run away from being Indian, I can't, right? Or being Punjabi, I should say, I, I, I can't. Cause it'll just always like, you know, it'll pull me back and be like, don't forget who you are. <laughs> And I'll be like, oh, right, yeah, that, right? And then, um, so, I mean, like, it's a part of me, too, right? Um, so, that, like, I mean, it's, I like that I have, I'm, I'm, I can identify as both. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just nice to, I don't know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that even, like, because I, I can sense that, you know, you're obviously struggling to kind of define what it means to be a Punjabi Canadian or Indian Canadian because I think there is that issue in Canada there's not really one cohesive culture like there is in England or like there is in America where you can definitively kind of state this is what it means to be American this is what it means to be British in Canada it's very much um, just even I'm struggling right like it's it's, you know we've grown up with this idea that Canada is a mosaic it's all separate pieces that combine to make one conceivably happy picture um, but I think that what that kind of gives birth to is this sort of crisis of identity that a lot of people who are second or third generation experience. 
I know I experienced it and I've got like my identity is even more fractured because yeah. I'm like got one foot in one area, one foot in another, one foot in another. So it, it is, it is kind of a, um, a confusing space to uh, live in, especially because our community is fairly young. Yeah. I think with oncoming generations, I think we'll get a more solid identity, hopefully. But do you feel like it's going to be more of a solid identity as, a, as being more Canadian? Like being, I guess, more, yeah, like involved in the Canadian culture? Because like, I mean, my cousins... And a few of my cousins, a lot of my cousins, and my even my, my niece and nephews. I mean, like they're they're Punjabi is not <laughs> existent. I mean, even yeah, for me, yeah. I should say, like, what the hell am I saying? Like, I mean, like my Punjabi. I when I was growing up, my Punjabi was fluent. Is what my parents told me. And then as soon as I started going to school, and then up until now, it's like I can get a point across now in Punjabi. <laughs> it's like that bad. <laughs> I mean, what I think is that um, you know. It was interesting because I was actually on um, Facebook and somebody had posted this um, question in a group chat, something called in a group chat called I think Desi Punks, and he had said, um, you know, am I even Punjabi? I didn't even grow up in India. I haven't ever been there. I feel like I'm performing my own culture. And my response to that was, you are Punjabi, so everything you do is Punjabi. It doesn't matter if you've been to India or not. You speak the language or not. You wear the clothes. You eat the food or not. It doesn't matter because you are. Punjabi, right? So everything you do is Punjabi. I'm just repeating myself. So I think that, you know, sort of, I mean, my response to that would be the identity that kind of grows from that in future generations is something that doesn't look like what our parents had or what we even had. It will be something completely different, but it will be very much a identity that is distinct from the Canadian one. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think more generations down, we'll just all start intermarrying and we'll all look like one sort of amorphous race. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, isn't there, there's like, I think, uh, you know that TV show, Broad, do you watch Broad City? I've been meaning to. Oh, it's such a good show. You should watch yeah. it. And there's like this, I think I'm going to like butcher it. I'm going to fuck it up so bad. Like this girl, uh, there's like one line that this uh, character named Ilana, played by Ilana, uh, I don't remember her last name, but, um, but I think it's Glazer. Um, so she's like saying like we're gonna be, she goes like we're gonna be queer and I don't know. She's like pretty much saying that we're it's gonna be like we're gonna be like one color because we're all gonna integrate. We're gonna have the interracial uh, relationships and stuff like that. Like we're gonna. Anyways, uh, you can edit that part out because <laughs> I'm like I don't even know what I'm saying now. No, no, no. I've seen that National Geographic image where it's like this. She looks like she's got dark skin but blonde hair and like green eyes and it's like this is how we'll all look in the future oh yeah yeah like supermodels i'm like "Eh, i don't know about that but hopefully (laughs) you know we'll probably be dead by then (laughs) (laughs) well mixed kids mixed kids are hot they're like good looking kids you know designer babies designer (laughs) babies there you go yeah what design like gujarati and a little bit of i don't know parisian i don't know whatever is that white so we're going to do seven quick fire questions. Yeah. Seven because that's all that would fit on the bottom half of my page. <laughs> it was supposed to be ten, but then I was like, ah, I can't. You can improvise it. I'm not a good, I'm not you. I can't improvise. Okay. <laughs> okay, so quick fire questions, meaning no lengthy responses. Just first thing that pops into your head. Oh, crap. Okay. I know, I know. You should, you should be used to this. I, I'm not used to being interviewed, <laughs> but let's, let's give this a go. Um, okay, first question. Parotas or roti? Bronta. Wait, what kind of bronta? I don't know. What what kind of bronta? I like alu bronta. I do too. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Alu bronta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the last thing you watched on Netflix? Oh, uh, Love? Oh, with um, that girl from Community? Yeah, yeah, her, yeah. That's a good series. Yeah. What high school clique did you belong to? 
<laughs> in my head, you mean? Uh, <laughs> I think I belong to the one that was like that talked to everyone. Like I feel like I just talked. I I wasn't like like I, I played I played words. I wasn't a nerd, but I I, t- I was nice to everyone. So I feel like maybe I was one of those. I don't know. Is that is that the one? In between us. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A drifter maybe is probably. Yeah. Maybe you're right. A drifter. Yeah. What historical figure is your perfect ten? Uh, oh my god. Yeah, I know who. Um, he's so good looking. Uh, he's this white actor. Uh, he was in, I think, oh my god, what movie was he in? Marlon Brando? Yeah! Marlon uh, Brando! How did I know? How did you know? Oh, he's so sexy. And also, can you tell I have a white thing? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, could, I got the sense from the website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she's doing a Mindy. I know, I I should, uh, I'm going to get criticized for that. Your preference is your preference, right? Yeah, right. Um, What's the silliest way you injured yourself? Injured myself? Yeah. Uh, One thing that comes to mind is I I was playing with those metal uh, rulers, and I was just flicking it back and forth, and stupidly I left my eye open. And the corner of it went into my eye. How yeah. old were you? I think I was 11 or something. Okay, that's acceptable. Yeah. That's acceptable age for stupidity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, ha- it still happens. I just, just can't think of the worst one right now. <laughs> um, if you were given one minute of ad space at the Super Bowl, what would you advertise? One minute of ad space. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like millions of dollars. Uh, what would I advertise? Um... My, I mean, I just like have like a picture of my face and then like some website, my website. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Like hire me, but. Oh. I put your website. Oh yes, yeah, so I guess that. Like, sorry, I'm like I don't, I don't know. Be an overnight success, like, um, and I don't think I mentioned this. Kind of cutting through the game right now, but um, yours, the independent, totally reminded me of awkward black girl. Oh yeah, yeah, I love Issa Rae. Yeah. I love Issa. Have you been watching Insecure? Yes, it's, it's so a good. Great program. Your 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 webtoon has really reminded me a lot of that. She, her, actually, her and Broad City, Issa Rae's uh, Awkward Black Girl and Broad City, um, they were really big influences into me doing the series. So I'm glad. Like that's a compliment to me. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Um, okay, last question. Mm-hmm. What is the strangest compliment you have ever received? So when I when the series came out, people were like, "Oh my god, the production is so great," and I was like, oh, "Okay, thanks," but I'm like, "Is that like is that it?" Because <laughs> you're just like, like is that like a like a like you're trying to yeah like are, are you just trying to avoid? It's like you know when like there was an episode of Thirty Rock where like uh, Liz Lemon played by Tina Fey goes and sees uh, Jenna Maroney, which is uh, Jane. Karowski, I forgot the last name, but uh, she goes to see her in a play, and then she like meets her afterwards backstage, and she's like, "Oh my god, the light on your head looks so good!" Like <laughs> to avoid her, like to be like, so she wouldn't tell her, like, "Oh yeah, you're a really shitty actor, actually." I, I can commiserate because people have um, given me some compliment. I'm doing air quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it makes all sense. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's doing air quotes. Yeah. Um, have given me compliments to the show by saying. Wow, it's like really well edited, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but like, what did you think of like the, the content, content yeah. right? Um, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's like the, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing is, it's like, you know what? I mean, I, I, at first, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what, 
like, is that like, like, is that what all they have to say? Like, why are they talking about what I wrote or like the actors that I cast because they're so talented and stuff? And, uh, but then I was like, you know what? I, when it comes down to it, somebody was like, well, who's your target demographic? And I was like, oh, okay, my, I guess that makes sense, right? My, they're, maybe they're not my target audience, right? Like, maybe they don't identify with it. Like, somebody who's maybe very successful in their life, who's maybe a Caucasian, like a white person who's like, really successful has a lot of money living in a really nice condo downtown may not be like oh yeah i'm gonna watch this series of this poor brown girl <laughs> like, let's let's see what she's up to how does she deal with life you know um. well thank you so much for being on the show um if people want to contact you or find your work where can they do that uh so they can um i have <laughs> I should really have thought this through. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, which is at H. So it's harp. It's like there's a underscore in between every letter. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram, um, which is uh, Hey Harp. Um, that's my handle. <laughs> or you can find me. You can find the web series on YouTube. My typing in indie i n d i e capitalized and then hyphenated and then. Pendant, which is lowercase p-e-n-d-e-n-t um and there should be a website coming oh there is a website coming out soon i think um my friend's working on it that's why uh or i think that's it yeah that's all right we'll we'll put it i'm gonna put a link to all of this stuff oh okay in the, i should have led with that so. okay okay <laughs> but um yeah so we can follow you on instagram twitter and then there's definitely gonna be a link to uh, the web series as well. Yeah. Indie so uh, on um, Tuesday, October 10th at 8 o'clock at Comedy Bar, uh, there's going to be a show called The Darjeelings of Comedy. Uh, and it's a show, uh, it's a stand up show, it's a comedy show with uh, stand up, uh, improv, and sketch uh, featuring very, very talented um, Indian identifying women of uh, Toronto. Uh, so we have uh, really talented people like um, uh, like Rish Kazi. Uh, she's a really great comedian, stand-up comedian. Uh, Nilu Honda. She's a really great improviser, and she does. She also she actually is a producer and the host of Yas Queen. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna be on the show as well, uh, and uh, as well as other lovely talent talented people who I can't really think of right now. But yeah. Awesome. Okay, thanks again. Thank you. And hopefully we can do this again yeah. in the future. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of No Naza. I had a lot of fun recording, as I always do, but particularly with Harpreet, whom I spoke to for another good three hours after we finished recording. She's super fun and super insightful, and I had a really good time recording this week's episode with her. And as she mentioned, if you are in the Toronto area, be sure to check out the Darjeelings of Comedy, which is on the 10th of October at 8pm at the Comedy Bar, and I believe that's on a Tuesday, so uh, be sure to go. I'll be there for sure, so if you see me say hi um but yeah also before i wrap up this week i've had some lovely listener feedback uh the first message goes like this we the people demanded a new episode known as a podcast be released asap like seriously my monday schedule is completely off track without a new podcast to listen to sincerely anon um 
Well, thank you for the very kind message. But uh, as I mentioned last week, this uh, show is gone from a weekly format to a uh, every other week format. I don't want to say bi-monthly. I rem- I think last week I was saying bi-weekly, which somebody helpfully pointed out means uh, two episodes a week, which is uh, absolutely not happening unless I leave my job. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the show is coming out basically twice a month so I don't want to say bi-monthly because that seems like I don't know it doesn't seem very friendly does it because it seems like uh, a significant decrease in episodes Uh, and there is a decrease in episodes obviously but like I said I want to stick to creating a quality episode every single uh, time and that's why I switched to this format if it is a real point of contention I will absolutely revisit it and as always if you want to send me listener feedback about the show the production or uh, the format in which I release it in or the schedule you can leave it in so many different ways as always via the website nonazzer.com the email nonazershow at gmail.com twitter which is at nonazershow and you can please tag all posts pictures and tweets with the hashtag nonazershow and you can like our facebook page for updates which is facebook.com slash nonazershow our theme song was sung by the lovely stephanie Siao, and you can find her work in the description box and all the stuff that you've heard today uh specifically the contact info for harpreet can also be found in the description box but that's about it from me so i will see you the monday after next